What the fuck is up, world? Two weeks now. It's been two weeks since our last motherfucking podcast, and I gotta tell you, I am so happy to be back yet again. I could have come back sooner at any moment, but I think I'm starting to settle into this whole... Now, I said before 10 days, but honestly, right now, at least for now, two weeks seems to be the golden number. Uh, this podcast is amazing. I guess I'm going to start first and foremost by saying, yo, fucking for real, big ups to all y'all who are downloading this shit. This last podcast, Fire and Blood, was my fucking most downloaded one yet. So I really do appreciate that shit. So I do definitely feel a responsibility to keep pumping these bitches out, right? But at the same time, I'm tiptoeing the balance between just personal life for sure. But more importantly, trying to provide you all with quality content, right? I'm not going to harp on it again like I did the last time because there's no need to. But for now, just let it be known. This shit can't stop, won't stop. All right? Ain't no fucking slowing this bitch down. The only thing that's going to fucking keep me from doing this shit is when I'm buried six feet in the motherfucking ground. All right? Because I love doing this shit. I love being able to sit here and vent my ideas and my frustrations, my thoughts at the current moment. They actually help me develop a lot of ideas further that I've been incorporating into the books that I'm writing and my fucking dissertation. Uh, but more importantly... I'm enjoying the conversation that it's enabled me to have with people, whether personally or maybe even occasionally through social media. So, nah, man, this shit is not fucking stopping anytime soon, right? And for the fact that I even have an ability to do this podcast, I'm fucking thankful for that shit like you have no idea. Today, specifically, I bring it up because, well, today is a relatively special occasion. Every time this happens is a special occasion for me personally, and that is the end of a semester. So undoubtedly, I got to give praise to the most high for allowing me to fucking just another opportunity to be blessed with dope ass, dope, dope fucking students again this semester, right? Uh, summer semesters are a little weird because I only got to see them for a month, but I hope that the lessons they learned, if if any, from the class, right, they take for the rest of their life because I know for, uh, you know, me personally, it's not hyperbolic to say that some of them, you know, they influence me in a way that is undoubtedly going to, you know, I'm going to carry with me for the rest of my life as well. And also with the, with the endings of a semester, the second, I guess, the, perhaps the most, they're just equally tied for excitement. The new semester is about to start on Monday. I can't fucking wait to meet my new students. I'm excited for that as well. And once again, I just got to give praise to the most high for allowing me the opportunity for even that again. Every semester that I get to teach new students and fucking get paid to drop some hood philosophy is always a fucking blessing, right? So it's important to count the blessings and let it be known that we appreciate, I appreciate that shit, right? Um, but also... It's an opportunity for a new beginning to introduce to people who haven't heard just yet the wise words that were imparted to me from all of our ancestral knowledge, either by way of the Nahuatl tradition of philosophy or the other indigenous traditions of philosophy, and are now being synthesized by way of this hood philosophy. Whether or not this shit is wise or not, you fucking make that decision up on your own. Me personally, I think it's the shit, and that's why I'm sticking with it. <laughs> all right, I got a little carried away there, but I'm back. Before I continue with today's lecture, it's actually a little bit in the vein of everything that I just discussed here shortly, but uh, I have to say it because it's, it's incumbent upon me to do so, trying to build that following, uh, one follower at a time, whatever the case might be. Follow your boy, social media, specifically Instagram. I'm trying to be active on Twitter, but let's be honest, man, Twitter's fucking dying, bro. Uh, Facebook, it fucking makes it almost damn near impossible to post videos and keep up with it. Not because it's difficult to do, but just because they have their own set of rules and their own way that they want to do it, and it's just troublesome. So, so far, 
it's I've, I've really been active on the instagram which of course is og underscore ice nice 13 so follow along and let's be social right so with that said getting back to the notion of counting our blessings honestly on top of all the the dopeness that comes with the end of a semester today is also a relatively special day at least for now at least for now because as i've discussed before this whole process is always it's never ending it's cyclical these patterns of behavior right there's uh teo that's how it works right it's never it's not stagnant it's not static it's always a dynamic force it's always in a constant state of flux and for me personally right now it seems to be manifesting itself in a little bit of a uh, of gratitude and thankfulness just for the overall blessings in life right now i'm not trying to be I'm not trying to fucking stunt by no, it's not a weird flex, man, by no stretch of the imagination. It's just an honest analysis of where life is, at least for me personally, hopefully for you as well. But if it's not, just keep your head up, dog. We'll get there. We'll get through this shit together. But for me personally, uh, made somewhat of a little breakthrough when it comes to the, my own personal life and a lot of the things that lead me to where I am today, namely as a philosophy professor, a PhD student a hood philosopher that's here dropping his El Grito podcast for you, okay? And that is an understanding of why I even embarked upon a philosophical career in the first place. Now, before I continue, I should qualify by saying that by nature, I'm a very inquisitive person by nature. So my entire life, I've always been relatively philosophically inclined. Chances are you're probably very uh, uh, quick, uh, uh, inquisitive character yourself or you probably wouldn't be you wouldn't almost undoubtedly you would not be listening to this podcast if you weren't you're like man what the fuck i don't give a fuck this for has to say i don't give a fuck about anything i know the way the world is and i'm content with the way uh you know i believe reality is that's probably not you because if you were you would not be listening to a podcast that's challenging you to undo yourself and divorce yourself from that very kind of thinking to understand perhaps a, a different version of reality that exists out there right uh but for me personally, I don't know what, what the catalyst is for you as to why you find yourself so, you know, interested in hood philosophy or philosophy in general. But for the longest time, I had a difficult time reconciling, reconciling is a good word, why I majored in philosophy. Because, man, I mean, this is a very layered, layered, layered problem. And to say that there's one simple solution would be very disingenuous because for the longest time, the simple solution was I don't fucking like to work. It's that simple, right? Damn, I'm living up to that fucking terrible stereotype of a lazy Mexican. I'm fucking sorry, okay? But it's not true. I'm not a lazy Mexican. I just don't like to work for other people. Let's get that shit very fucking clear. I like to work for myself. I don't fucking like to work for, you know, I don't want to build anybody else's dreams up. I want to build my own dreams up, most importantly, right? But also, bro, the fucking idea of trading in my fucking time for a paycheck, that shit fucking kills me, man. It kills me. I, you know what? I got to give my, a, a shout out real quick to my boy Seth Pullen from the Coast Guard for dropping that little bit of that dime of information on me way back in the day when I was just a young slappy wag Coast Guarding it up in fucking the Bay Area, right? Um, we were actually sitting watch and it was about fucking four in the morning, man. The way this shit used to work is we would stand watch for 12 hours at a time. And it'd be on a rotating schedule. So we'd work 
Monday, Tuesday, we'd be off Wednesday, and then we worked Thursday, Friday, Saturday for 12 hours, either from 6 o'clock at night to 6 o'clock in the morning or from 6 o'clock in the morning to 6 o'clock at night. And then the next week, we would be off Monday, Tuesday. We would work Wednesday, and we would be off be off thursday friday saturday right it's a pretty grueling schedule but it's not fucking the worst schedule in the world i mean obviously being in the coast guard in and of itself is pretty fucking chill to begin with but um it is not the most pleasant thing to have to do right it's not pleasant at all and it undoubtedly has an impact and an effect on your overall health and well-being right and i remember distinctly this one time when my boy seth and i we're standing watch. We were in the same booth together, right? For whatever fucking reason, because it's a fucking pointless job, realistically. I'm being honest with you, right? Um, and we kind of just do something, right? You're here, do something kind of deal. So we were sitting in the booth together and it was like fucking four o'clock in the morning, man. It was like four o'clock in the morning. And I remember Seth was fucking, um, he was researching shit. And I was just, you know, dicking off fucking probably on the, uh, we didn't have, cell phones weren't fucking, we didn't have flip phones back, I mean, I'm sorry, we didn't have smartphones back then, right? Just, for those of y'all a little, I'm dating myself a little bit, most of y'all listening to this probably recognize and know what's up, but I have a few high school students that listen to this, and we, believe it or not, there was a time in the world when fucking uh, uh, touchscreen phones did not exist, right? So I was not on a cell phone, I was not even on social media, MySpace was the shit back then, right? <laughs> So I was probably like reading a book or something, okay? And I remember taking a break midway through and looking over at my boy Seth and realizing like, yo, this dude looks a little bit upset, like very upset actually. And I was looking at what he was researching and I realized that he was looking up properties. And I just looked, I just asked him, I was like, yo, what you doing, man? You looking into buying a house? And I'll never forget the way he responded to me. Now, whether he meant to do it or not is completely irrelevant, but that motherfucker influenced my life with this response in a way that to this day, I'm only now appreciating, right? He looked me fucking dead in the eye, bro. And he was like, man, fuck this shit, dog. I fucking hate this shit. I can't wait to fucking get out. He's, I don't even know if he's in or not. I keep calling him my boy, but we fucking lost contact a long time ago. He's my boy then, right? Um, but the basic idea was that he fucking hated the work schedule. And he was saying, man... This fucking trading in your time for money shit is for suckers, bro. I can't wait to fucking get out and start making a fucking start making some real cash in my life, right? And he went on to proceed to tell me the same thing that I tell lots of my students here to this day. Yo, there's only fucking two things in life that they are not making more of, bro. That is land and time. That's it. There's no more land and there's no more time being made. And if you're trading in your time for fucking somebody else's money, you're fucking giving away your most precious resource, bro. And what we need to do is like you're saying what well, we, but I'm pretty sure he's talking about his homies, right? Is we need to start investing in some property so that we could fucking live off of our own, off our own laurel, right? So since then, that idea has been fucking deeply embedded into my head. Like, yeah, dog, like fuck work, fuck work, make art, bro. We got this one shot. Let's fucking make it count because I don't want to fucking look back when I'm 60 years old and be like, damn, I'm sure glad I worked a lot as opposed to, damn, I fucking traded in the one opportunity I had to build something and make something for myself, right? But the problem was, at least for me personally, is I never, even though that was always my biggest desire, there was always this fucking obstacle before me. And that's what I'm about to talk about here shortly this obstacle and how, you know, going back to the gratitude, it's not overcome. It'll never be overcome. It's a constant process of recognizing that in the, as an, as an addict, right. Who is in the process of recovery, that obstacle will forever be there. But I'm at a point now where I'm recognizing that I have the skills and the powers and, you know, the, the, the momentum even occasionally 
on my side to be able to overcome it a lot easier than I did fucking prior to the first up realistically up until I turned 30. So two years ago. Right. Um, and the obstacle, the obstacle essentially was the fucking trauma, bro. Like just trauma. And I hate to use the word trauma because I don't want to diminish the experience of other people who have like real fucking serious trauma, bro. But honestly, this that this, I'm not trying to pull some 13 step shit and I'm not going to allow anyone else to pull 13 step shit on me either. What I mean by that is I'm not going to fucking guilt somebody for admitting, for instance, that they have trauma by saying, oh, man, you grew up in the burbs, bro. How can you fucking be traumatized? Your life was perfect. You had a mommy and daddy. I would never do that. Maybe like two years ago, I would have. But now I realize that even motherfuckers in the burbs, yo, I keep calling it hood philosophy, but this shit's for you, too. Right. Because even growing up in the burbs, you know, like, but just fucking by virtue of existing, man, we're, we, we get traumatized. Existence is traumatic like this. None of this shit is normal, bro. Right. Uh, being ripped from the fucking warm embrace of nothingness and being fucking imprisoned in a flesh body and being told that, you know, you got to fucking survive by working nine to five and you got to follow this moral code and you got to fucking do all this other kind of shit like what the fuck i was fucking nowhere and now i'm hearing you it's, it's 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 a lot right i'm here now and you're making me do all this kind of shit like god damn what the fuck right and in the process of going through life like yeah we're gonna be fucking traumatized bro so the biggest obstacle then for me was this fucking trauma. Like, I'm not going to get into it too deeply because it's actually part of the shit that I'm working on to explain the trauma and all that kind of shit. But I will say that I'll refer to it in, in, as PTSD and two forms of PTSD, the actual post-traumatic stress. But as a true fucking lover of education, as the poor teaching in schools disorder as well, right? So... We like to think of post-traumatic stress as something that's only going to happen to soldiers and, you know, fucking first responders, which no doubt that shit happens to them. No question at all. But we need to start understanding that this post-traumatic stress also fucks with people who grow up in poverty. They've done research, for instance, that shows the way that being in poverty fucking fundamentally alters the composition of our brains. And obviously, if the fucking composition of our brain is altered, it's going to alter our fucking our actions as well. Right. It makes us more impulsive. It makes us more compulsive. It makes us more fucking prone to anger and violence, right? It makes us more very short tempered. And that's just as adults. You fucking don't even start on the uh, on the ramifications of growing up in poverty, man. And, you know, despite the fact that I, I'm doing better now, right? And Despite the fact that maybe some of y'all might be like, yo, what the fuck? This motherfucker hood philosophy is for in hood. Like, man, chill. All right. Grew up in fucking poverty, bro. I grew up with a single fucking mom who was trying to take care of me and my brother. A single fucking mom who would fucking was abused physically by a fucking sociopath. Right. Uh, who, you know, cheated on her, who did all kinds of crazy shit. Now, this ain't sad boy hours. I'm not telling. I'm, I'm just telling you the fucking story. Right. Uh, to understand that all these kinds of actions. They fucking serve to create environments that are fucking ripe for trauma to unfold, right? Specifically, just 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 the physical abuse that you know that I was that we witnessed as children alone, right? Like that shit will fuck with you. That shit will make you afraid of the world. That shit will make you fucking. It could make you angry and violent, right? Thankfully for me, that's never been the case. I would fucking. I've never fucking laid my hand on a woman. I'm not a fucking dickless coward like my fucking stepdad, right? But. 
experiencing that shit in the first place is it, it it fucks with you it affects you right it scares you it fucking keeps you on a high state of alert like oh shit he's beating up an adult she might be a woman but she's an adult like this motherfucker might come after me next and despite the fact that you know i i'm a i'm a boy like i'm fucking vulnerable like i'm fucking what eight nine years old how the fuck am i gonna compete against a grown-ass man it's not possible so you're like oh shit right that fight or flight instinct starts to kick into place and then you also get the fucking um the effects of you know my poor mom bro like she was she was young my mom had me when she was a fucking high school kid she was barely she was still in high school she was like 18 years old when i was born right so when all this shit was happening she was in her in her mid-20s and you know as somebody who took all the way up until their 30s to fucking finally start to learn proper coping mechanisms i could fucking understand and i fucking sympathize and you know i forgive almost even for the way that she chose to cope with it which was you know unfortunately for us alcohol and <laughs> as if the fucking you know physical abuse isn't bad enough yo just imagine growing up in a fucking household with fuck where alcohol is fucking prominent and introduced right like that shit is fucking traumatizing and then you know the reason i say i forgive and I, you know all that kind of shit is because yo it's not just my mom it's probably your mom too it's your dad it's fucking the whole world especially here in the united states where we are taught well we're not taught for one the good coping mechanisms that we need to get through with life and we're told instead that instead of fucking going off and seeking counseling instead of going off and getting therapy just fucking drink alcohol until you just fucking bludgeon your senses into a coma and that will help you not feel anything right so i get it like i understand why that would be the first you know uh, a move to to go to right and the point that i'm trying to make is yo alcohol growing up in an alcohol environment it, it's stressful it's stressful and it causes a lot of trauma as well so what you get then is people like me who despite a seeming world of potential are unable to manifest this potential because we just can't fucking seem to get out of our own way and this shit manifests in our behaviors as the children of fucking alcoholic parents the children of abusive parents in a variety of ways man for one many of us go on to reproduce the fucking same patterns of behavior the same uh, self-destructive patterns of behaviors right whether it be the, the 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 woman beating, whether it be the alcoholism, whether it be the drug abuse, whether it be the fucking terrible money management, all that kind of shit, right? And we also go on to develop terrible coping mechanisms that allow us to deal with the problems that are further introduced into our lives because of these terrible fucking coping mechanisms that we've developed, right? So it's like we're getting fucked on two ends, bro. On the one end, we're being fucked by our past because the past is what causes us to get these fucking self-destructive patterns of behavior in the first place. But we're also being fucked in the present because these actions that we've developed to try to cope with the trauma that we endured in the past, they fucking themselves, they reproduce new issues that we have to deal with. And that shit only furthers your stresses and stresses out even more, right? And it's just this fucking vicious cycle that we find ourselves caught, uh, caught in, right? And for me personally, going back, that was that was my biggest obstacle so yeah i fucking always wanted to be like yo seth you're right dog like this fucking trading in time for money shit is for suckers bro like i'm trying to fucking i'm trying to i'm trying to get fucking i'm trying to advance in life right i'm trying to get lucrative to use some joe rogan parlance right <laughs> but i couldn't do it because i was stuck in my fucking way the whole time and 
the worst part is, is when I was going through it, literally, bro, I'm telling you the little breakthrough that I had fucking two hours ago. This is what was the, the main impetus for this podcast was the realization like, bro, I fucking finally figured out why I fucking started studying philosophy to circle it all the way back to the beginning of this fucking podcast, right? My whole life, I'm going to do it now. It's no question about it. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. I'm either going to fucking die or become a lawyer. That's how it works, okay? Because since I was a fucking kid, I've been saying, yo, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a lawyer. Since I was a child, bro, that's what I always wanted to say. So for the last three years for sure, I've kind of been a little bit disillusioned because I asked myself, what the fuck happened to becoming a lawyer? Like how the fuck did I end up a philosophy professor? Well, part of the answer is simple because I don't fucking want to work. And as a philosophy professor, I get that luxury where I only work a fucking a bare minimum. And even then, it's not really work because um, I love it. I love being a philosophy professor. I would I would only trade it in at this point now to be a lawyer, right? Uh, so no, I fucking love it. And the bare minimum that I get, it's only because, you know, the out, the classes are only what, 50 minutes or an hour and a half long and you get, you know, two or three classes a day. The day's done after that. So yeah, it's not a lot of work, right? Um, but for... for uh, most importantly, though, I couldn't I couldn't stop to ask myself. I felt like that fucking talking head song. You may ask yourself how you ended whatever the shit might go. Right. As the days go by and the so, whatever. Right. You're looking around you're like, how the fuck did I get here? That's kind of where I was, because, again, the whole time I was like, I'm gonna be a lawyer. I'm gonna be a lawyer. I had friends that I fucking went to school with. They went on. These motherfuckers became lawyers. Right. Even though some of us were philosophy majors together, they went off to become the lawyers that we all said that we were going to be. And I fucking took a detour and went the philosophy route. And sometimes I'm like, man, what the fuck? Like, why did I do the philosophy? This shit is not fucking what I learned, what I fucking, you know, learned in my in my master's program and my bachelor's program. You can learn that shit from me. From, that's my shameless plug. You can learn that shit fucking online if you want to get this fucking whitewashed fucking version, the zero centric version of philosophy. Shit, you can even fucking just start philosophizing yourself and make up your own shit if you want to, like I did, right? But my shit's justified, so calm the fuck down, right? Before you start getting all crazy. Um, the point is, why didn't I, you know, go and do something that was an actual skill, for instance, okay? And it's finally today that I realized, bro, I never thought I would say this, but fucking the one thing, I, again, I never thought I would say this. It's fucking just blowing my mind just thinking about it. But the one thing L. Ron Hubbard and I have in common is that we're both trying to fucking self-medicate. We're both trying to self-heal ourselves, right? I don't know what the fuck L. Ron Hubbard was trying to fix himself from, but there's no doubt that fool had some fucking issues. Me, I was just trying to heal myself from a fucking childhood of trauma, bro. This fucking trauma that I carried on me like a little fucking backpack guarded and shit would never let anyone in. A little external layer like, eh, fuck off. As soon as I let anyone in, I get fucked over and I don't want to get fucked over because it hurts, right? I fucking have carried that shit with me my whole life, bro. And it's only with for the last two years. This is the, this is the impetus for hood philosophy, man. It's only for the last two years that I've A, acknowledged it, and B, have made a conscientious fucking desire to be like, dude, we got to fucking, we got to heal, man. We, we have to heal. We have to let go of this anger. We have to let go of the sadness. We have to let go of the frustration. We have to let go of the disappointment. Because if you're carrying this shit on for the rest of your life, it's just going to be this fucking giant obstacle that you have put in front of yourself. And it's, you're never going to be able to live your best life possible, bro. 
And the problem was, is that none of the fucking answers that were given to me to try to heal this trauma fucking worked. They didn't come in the form of the materialistic goods that we're told would bring us happiness in American society. They didn't come through the fucking therapy. They didn't fucking come through the psychopharmacological medications. They didn't come through the fucking religion. They didn't come through anything other than deep, fucking painful, introspective philosophy that made me be brutally honest with myself and say, hey, fuckhead, this is the reason why you're always unhappy. This is the reason why you're always getting in your own fucking way. And this is what you have to do to overcome it. And that's the fucking realization that I came to today. So hence the whole fucking blessings, man. Like, yeah, dude, all that suffering, all that pain, all that trauma. Honestly, I'm fucking glad I went through it. It fucking sucked up until still to this day. It's never going to stop. The trauma will always be there. It fucking it molded me. It shaped me. It's who I fucking am as a person. I can change. I'm not using it as an excuse anymore to fucking justify my shit behavior. But I understand that, dude, it's not it's, it's there like you have. Once an alcoholic, you're always an alcoholic. You have to understand and accept this fact, right? Once you have addiction, you're addicted. And there's fucking, it's a real, it's a constant cycle of addiction, recovery, relapse. And you got to stay on your fucking one, two in order to be able to fucking endure, right? But now we take the fucking knowledge and we pay it forward, man. So yeah, I'm thankful that I had to go through that shit because if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be able to sit here and hood philosophize. I'm thankful I never I didn't go the lawyer route because if I did, I wouldn't be able to sit here and fucking hood philosophize. I'm thankful that I got the master's or, or rather just the philosophical education in general because without it, I would have never came to the realization that, yo, you need to fucking heal, bro. Like, because this is keeping you from, you know, living your best life. And most importantly, I'm thankful for it because I get to share with everybody who's listening to this, anybody who will fucking listen to me talk. My students, y'all don't got a choice because y'all signed up for the course, right? But those of y'all who fucking download this podcast, those of y'all who fucking stay up to date with it, like for reals, man, thank you, bro, right? Because now I get to spread the word that many philosophers before me have realized. And that is that of the sweet, sweet potential that philosophy offers us as people. It offers us the ability to open up new worlds that we never thought existed. It offers us the opportunity to open up new layers of ourselves that we didn't even think were fucking possible. It opens up fucking entire ideas and mindsets and possibilities that prior to, you know, uh, being introduced to these uh, concepts would have never would have been remained forever alien to us. Right. And most importantly, I'm thankful because it gives me the opportunity to now shameless plug once yet to fucking do as my boy Seth suggested and fucking yo stop trading in that time for money man let's fucking let's make something of ourselves bro let's fucking stop trading in this fucking one shot that we have at life and let's figure something the fuck out to do with it in a way that can allow us to fucking be happy with what we're doing not sitting here at a fucking desk on a computer listening to static at fucking four o'clock in the morning after having worked two fucking 12 hour shifts from six o'clock at night to six o'clock in the morning in a row and still fucking having to come back a few days later. Like, nah, man, this is fucking, this is all part of the shit that's keeping us from being happy. So the best way to undo ourselves from that is to learn so that we can not fucking uh, reciprocate or repeat the same problems, which brings me to the next fucking philosophical concept that I would like to discuss for this podcast. And that is the allegory of the cave.
Now, the allegory of the cave is an idea that is historically attributed to those fucking pedophile, misogynistic, fucking slavery endorsing fuckheads known as the ancient Greek philosophers, Plato, Aristotle, and Socrates, right? So that's just a quick whatever opportunity, if you will, to interject and remind people of the fact that these fucking people that are so valored and worshipped in philosophy are realistically a bunch of shit sticks, right? But more importantly, it's an opportunity to let you know that, yeah, if you're interested in finding more information on this philosophy, that's where you will find it in its most prominent sense, in its most researched sense, etc. That's not to say that other cultures and other traditions haven't discovered it on their own or have their own variation, so much as it is to say that this is the one that is undoubtedly the most popular, okay? So, with that said, the basic idea behind this allegory of the cave is the importance of educating the soul. Now, this is assuming that you even believe that a soul exists in the first place, or more importantly, that a soul exists in the fucking first place, okay? But irrespective of that, it does also want to remind, it doesn't remind us, but it wants to introduce to us this idea that we as people are living our lives as prisoners, as puppets, as slaves, most importantly, to a reality that is infinitely greater than that which we are being led to believe is real. And it asks us to imagine this by way of us personally being shackled to a cave in such a way where we cannot move our bodies. We cannot move our heads. We are forced to look directly in front of us. Okay. And what we are looking at is these shadows on a wall that are being manipulated by people who are behind the wall and have the access to a little flame that allows them to project these shadows up on the wall, okay? So, here we find ourselves in our best fucking, for those of you who have seen it, clock, for those of you who haven't, shame on you, clockwork orange example, where we're fucking basically tied down in such a way and our eyes are fucking being held open, like, uh, right? And the only exception here is that this is how we've lived our entire lives. So, everything that we're seeing on the cave is fucking normal at least is what we think until one day suddenly we are able to fucking move around. Now I want to caution by saying that we're not really going to be moving around because for one, you've never used your body. So you fucking physically literally cannot move around. It's like that fucking kill bill shit where she's telling herself, all you got to do is wiggle your pinky toe. That's us. We've never fucking moved our bodies, if you will, right? Because we've been shackled to this wall for the entirety of our fucking lives. Now, of course, I should caution that it's not an actual fucking representation of you personally being shackled to a wall so much as it is as a metaphor. One of my favorite things to tell my students, for instance, is the one thing that uh, Manuela has brought up in a previous podcast, and that is the reason why philosophy is so fucking tiresome when we first start taking it. And that is because, well, for many of us, yo, the brain is a fucking muscle, man. And many of us have never fucking exercised that muscle. So when we come to a philosophy class for the first time and we're challenged to think critically, that shit fucking, we get tired afterwards. You're like, ah, oh, fuck, I have a headache. I'm tired. I just want to rest and shit. The same thing happens when you've never fucking moved your body because you're in this cave. 
your whole life has been fucking fixated in such a way where you're only focusing on what's directly in front of you and you just take it in as it is with no questions at all whatsoever. But now for the first time ever, you're allowed to look around and ask yourself questions like, okay, first of all, what the fuck is going on? Second of all, where the fuck am I? Third of all, why is it so fucking hard for me to move? And the answer is simple. No one knows what the fuck is going on. And the reason why it's so fucking simple and difficult to move is because you've never exercised all those muscles necessary for you to, you know, move around in the first place. So there you are, this person who has just fucking for the first time been recently unchained from their shackles, okay? And now you will make the first of three important decisions that you're going to make for the entirety of your little journey that we're, it's going to be like a two part journey for us, right? In this podcast. But for now, actually probably three parts. Uh, the journey is going to be consisted this part of three very critical steps and none more. So, well, and we're going to go down in order from three to one. Three is this looking around because now this important decision to look around, you realize that something is a tad askew. And what this tad askew shit is, is that unlike everyone fucking else that you see, you are not shackled. So now you get the ability, because you're not a dumb person, you're a smart person. You've been listening to this podcast for 14 episodes. Your intellectual game now is through the roof. It probably already was. Just give me a little bit. Give me something, all right? And you realize, oh, okay. I was probably one of those people too. Because if I wasn't, I wouldn't be down here with them. And more importantly, the fact that I'm able to see something completely different leads me to believe that before I wasn't able to see all these brand new things. So for sure, I was like these people who had no idea what the fuck was going on other than what was directly put in front of them. Big decision number one. Why? Because once you step in a river, you can never step in the same river again. You cannot go back home, dog. Those ideas have already been fucking introduced and there is nothing that you can do to take those ideas back. You know for a fact that at one point or another, you were shackled to a wall and now you are not. So, you now have to make the next difficult decision and it goes like this. You're looking around and you notice something that you've never seen before. A faint little glow, kind of like this one right here coming from the periphery of your vision. And you, as the inquisitive person that we've already established that you are, decide to yourself, I'm going to go look at what that fucking flame is or what that light is over there. So you start walking like your little Bambi. You got your little Bambi legs, right? Because you know, fucking never used them before. And you slowly start to make your way towards that source of light that is so alien to you. And as you get closer to it, strange shit happens. Namely, it gets a little bit more difficult to see because again, you've never fucking used your eyes before, bro. It is possible to have two sets of a fucking perfect set of eyes and still be blind. Just ask homeboy, you, who is walking slowly and slowly towards this fire and has to continuously shield themselves from this little, little tiny baby light. The baby light, of course, that is being used, the fire, to manipulate the shadows that are being put directly ahead of you to, or had been put directly ahead of you to, to make you believe that what they were on the wall was what reality is. Okay. So the closer you get to this light metaphor for truth, right? Truth with a 
lowercase t, by the way, because this little flame here is obviously nothing more than a mere copy of the giant flame that exists in the sky, but we're not ready for there. We got to crawl before we ball, right? So you're walking towards this little fucking light source. And although it's becoming progressively more difficult for you to do so initially, inevitably, your eyes adjust slowly but surely until you've managed to get yourself directly in front of the light. But by this point, ugh, you're entirely blinded because anyone who's ever stepped out of a dark room into a light room knows full well that our pupils dilate and that, it, or rather they constrict, no, dilate, I was right the first time, and that it takes a moment for us to adjust. And this is what happens to you, our brave little sojourner making their way through the cave. You come across this light and you are initially blinded by the light. But inevitably, again, you acclimate. And for the first time ever, you are seeing an actual source of light. Not a copy of a light, not a shadow of a light that was being manipulated to be put up on the walls to make you believe that that is what light was, that that's what a flame was, that that's what fire is. No, no. Actual fucking light for the first time. And it is the greatest thing that you have ever seen in your entire life. It is the most real thing that you have seen in your entire life so far. It's like that great Simpsons meme that says Bart when he's saying, Dad, this is the worst day of my life. And Homer corrects him and says, so far, Bart, so far. You got the rest of your life to live, dog, right? Same for you. This might be the most glorious. Same for me. Shit, what the fuck? I'm not trying to put myself on a pedestal. I'm not Plato or Socrates, right? I would never fucking be so bold as to say that only I am fucking privileged enough to know the absolute truth, right? Fuck Plato. You come up to this light and you're wowed by it because again, it's the most real shit that you've ever seen. And now, after a little while, you start to acclimate to it in such a way where this light, although at once was initially blinding to you, is now the new norm. So you're looking around and you're realizing that A, that initial light source that got me to see this little flame over here that's fucking impacted me with more fucking knowledge and truth that I've ever known my entire life, right? I see something similar to it way the fuck up there. And if I just got all of this fucking dope ass insight based off that little light, I wonder what the fuck is up there. And now you will make the next fucking difficult decision in your journey. And that is, do I stay or do I go now? Right? That's not how the guitar riff goes. I, I fucking apologize. The reason why it's a question is because if you go, you fucking for reals, you can't come back, bro. You cannot come back, right? Every step that you take further and further away from that little fucking safety and security of that wall, it gets more and more difficult to ever return to the safety and fucking comfort of that wall. You can go back, but you're going to go back knowing full well that, oh yeah, this safety and comfort, it's kind of an illusion. It's not fucking real. There's a whole world out there, at least fucking five steps past that little light right there that I've seen. And I got to tell you what I'm seeing here, not really the fucking truth. Okay. So you can go back and lie to yourself, no question. But if you do go, you understand, like, it's not going to be a fucking easy journey. 
for one, you're walking that bitch alone. You're fucking entirely on your own. We are all on our own. We all go through this journey through life alone. We have family. We have friends. You have loved ones. No doubt about it. But only you and I live your and my life. We cannot fucking insert our consciousnesses into other people's heads. We cannot fucking allow others into ours. It's just us, okay? And this journey that we're about to take, we may not fucking even recognize the person that emerges on the other side, assuming you even get that fucking far to begin with, right? However, you're a curious person. Because again, if you weren't a curious person, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. So you decide to yourself, I'm going to fucking do it. I'm going to follow that light. Thus, you embark on this journey to ascend the cave. And if you fucking think that learning to walk for the first time was difficult, just wait until you start fucking trying to hike because that shit is even fucking harder. Obviously, for anyone who's ever trying to go from not working out in a long time to suddenly start working out, you know, there is a fucking rough, 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 rough transition period, right? The good news is with every step, this like a fucking karaoke podcast today, right? Damn, what's up, dog? I'm not going to apologize. Fuck it. It is what it is. Every step I take, I have terrible singing skills, but the point is every move you make, you get a little bit stronger. Your muscles, they, they acclimate. Those muscles being your brain muscles, your leg muscles, metaphorically speaking, but your brain muscles that are saying, damn, before I used to fucking honestly believe that Noah built the ark and that fucking 900-year-old man would fucking gather two of every animal. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm being facetious to the religious people, but I mean, come on, man. Maybe that's a metaphor too, right? And now I'm starting to realize, yo, the fucking earth is definitely not 5,000 years old. That shit is fucking billions, if not infinitely old, Okay. And the more and more you fucking progress up this little cave, the more and more fucking strength that you get, the more and more rational our thinking skills become, and the more and more these fucking illogical thought patterns start to reveal themselves to us, the more and more all those fucking little shadows on the wall are fucking exposed as what they really are, and that is nothing more than a manipulation that is being fucking controlled by what? Stay tuned and find out on the next fucking podcast on this, right? That are making us believe that what reality is really, or what reality isn't, what it really is. They say it be like it is, but it do be, right? Or no, that's not what it says. There's a dinosaurs out there believing in me. And if dinosaurs believe in me, then I believe in dinosaurs. They say it don't be like it is, but it do be. That's what the fuck I was trying to say, right? Anyways, the point is you're getting more woke, bro. You're staying woke right? You're seeing this shit and you're realizing, bro, like this whole, the only reason I'm a Christian is because I was born in the United States of America, specifically one where Christians are prominent. The only reason I'm an American is because I was born on a fucking patch of dirt where fucking there was a line that said, if you're on this side, you're an American, but if you're not, you're not, right? The only reason I fucking have my morals, my values, my customs, my norms is because of the fact of where I was born in this fucking country, on this land, whatever the case might be on this world, right? None of that, however, means that that's the real me okay so you're continuing up this fucking journey and again as fucking seemingly i'm expediting the process but realistically this is a fucking lifelong pursuit for many of us right and the entire time every fucking step that we take despite the fact that we're getting stronger becomes increasingly more difficult why because again you are straying further and further and further away from everything, everyone you have ever known, right? 
it's like this great metaphor, bro. There's two fucking ships, for instance, out to sea, you know, keeping faithful to the fucking theme of the fucking podcast, right? Let's assume that they're traveling along a fucking similar trajectory and not one of them fucking alters their direction, their course, and not even the slightest degree. Ideally, ideally, both of those ships will arrive at the same fucking destination by the end of their journey. But if we fucking deviate in just the slightest way, even one degree, by the time our journey is complete, we're going to be at complete fucking ends of the spectrum, bro. And the same is true for those of us who take a philosophical journey and for those of you who don't, right? I can't tell you, me personally, sitting here at 32 years old, how distant I've grown from the people that I grew up with. Now, I'm not just talking about like family anymore. I'm talking about fucking friends that I had in the past, bro. And the majority of the reason why is because we don't, obviously as people, we don't stay on similar trajectories, even without fucking philosophy. Life happens and it sends people along their various ways. But you introduce fucking philosophy into the mix, bro. And damn, you might, you're fucking, you're, you're, it's an exponential fucking increase, right? In trajectory. Because now you're trying to fucking hang around people who still fucking believe that reality is whatever's being put up on the fucking wall. You're trying to fucking hang around people who are fucking honestly trying to tell you that the fucking Patriots winning the Super Bowl is the greatest thing that's ever happened. Bitch, you weren't fucking on the field. You ain't do shit. The Patriots ain't paying you. You're a slave, right? You're trying to fucking hang around people who are trying to tell you that fucking whatever the the, the current political situation is, is of any fucking relevance. You're trying to hang around people who are trying to tell you that ethnicity and nationality are things of fucking uh, relevance and importance. What? According to what? The fucking shadows on the wall? These fucking fake woke jokes that are manipulating you and making you believe all this shit that you think reality is? Nah, dog. None of that shit is fucking real. It's all a fucking illusion. And the further and further you go up this fucking little cave, the more and more the illusion reveals itself, making it more and more difficult for you to not only relate, but to ever fucking meet with these people ever again. Right? So let's assume... That again, as the inquisitive and fucking intrepid sojourner of truth that you are, that you decide, you know what? As much as I love my family, as much as I love my friends, I fucking love myself much more. And I love myself enough to continue this fucking journey that I'm on. Because as devastating as it is to not have my family and my friends, you know, on the same level that I'm on. It's more fucking painful to try to bring myself down to their level, right? I'm not strong enough to do so yet. This fucking pod this podcast series is slowly but surely working its way towards having the strength to be able to do so, but we're not there yet. Right now, we are in the process of trying to heal ourselves. It's one of the biggest things of, of recovery. They say, man, when you're in the process of recovery, the first thing you don't want to do is fucking shack up, for instance, with another person who's in the recovery with you. Because y'all motherfuckers are not going to be a good combination together, right? So you don't, I mean, it's not to say that you'll never get there. Obviously, the fucking, you know, the mentors, that's how it works. They get, they go through the process and they come back and they're like, I was where you were and I can help you out, right? But we're not there yet. Right now, we're slowly starting to wake our way up out the fucking cave. And if you go back, even for a split second, you might fucking get swallowed up whole. And the next thing you know, your fucking life has passed you by. And that quick trip that you were going to make to go fucking save your family and friends and loved ones turned out to be the rest of your fucking life, right? And it's fucking 
painful, painful, painful as it is to leave our fucking, you know, our loved ones, our family and our friends behind. It's even more painful to have to be the one to experience yourself living the life of someone who is now willfully ignorant of the fucking shadows on the wall. And you say, fuck that. I'm going to keep fucking going. It might be selfish, but, you know, as we've mentioned before, the root word of the of the root word of selfish is self. And at the end of the day, I had to focus on myself because I am no good to you if I myself am in your same position. Jay-Z, first hip-hop billionaire. I can't help the poor if I'm one of them. Word, right? In this sense, we're not speaking just strictly monetarily poor, but emotionally. And instead of poor, let's go weak. We're emotionally weak, spiritually weak, attitudinally weak. So we say, fuck that. I'm going to keep going and get the strength. And you do. Until you make it to the edge of the cave at which point you have to make the absolute most difficult decision that you have made thus far and that is do i stay or do i go now i still don't know the fucking guitar riff and i apologize again for fucking it up but if i stay there will be trouble if i go there will be double right you gotta make the decision bro you staying or you going? You staying in, you going out. Because know this for absolute fucking certainty. The second that you step out of that cave, you think there was no going back when you fucking took a step away from when you looked around, when you stepped towards the fucking fire, when you started descending up the little fucking cave, you thought that was fucking tough. Just imagine how fucking difficult it's going to be when you actually fucking escape the cave and then try to come fucking back in. That is a fucking near impossibility. And you have to decide, am I willing to make this fucking choice? Because at least now, at least now, you still have not seen the real fucking, we still have not seen the real absolute truth of the world. We've only seen a shimmer of it. The fucking faintest glow. We've gotten closer and closer to the edge of the cave. And with that little bit, a little bit more truth has entered into us and we've grown accustomed to it. But that's not the real truth. It's not the absolute truth. It's nowhere near what awaits you and me once we fucking leave that cave. And if you thought that little fucking bitch ass flame down at the bottom of the cave was fucking earth shattering, just wait. Just wait till you see that fucking giant burning ball of fucking gas in the sky. Just wait, right? So now you have to decide. Am I willing to do that? Because if that little fucking flame changed my entire fucking perspective and understanding of life, who the fuck knows what this giant ball of gas is going to do? At least now, I could still go back to the cave and fucking relate. I won't be happy, but I could still relate. When you fucking leave that cave, the old you may very well fucking be dead and gone. And there's no coming back from that. And thus, we end our podcast for today. We still have three legs of our journey on the allegory of the cave to go. I'm looking forward to bringing it to you you know, in future podcasts, for those of you who have pieced it together, obviously, obviously, these bad boys are not fucking operating in linear fucking order. I'm jumping all over the motherfucking place because that's how your boy's brain operates. We've mentioned this before. Fucking keep up, right? They say I talk a little bit fast, but if you listen a little bit faster, I wouldn't have to slow it down for you. 50 Cent. Fucking karaoke podcast again, right? And more importantly, because I get fucking bored, bro. I get, I want to talk about one thing and I want to talk about the other because again, fucking... ADD like a motherfucker, right? So we'll finish the fucking allegory of the cave. 
We'll circle back around to it some other time in the future. But for now, the most important thing is it's almost a challenge. I'm going to leave you with a challenge, a push, just a push. Bro, take the journey. See what the fuck is out there. Don't be afraid to let go of those fucking shadows that have been holding you back. One of the parts of the allegory of the cave is we're going to ask, who the fuck is the one manipulating the shadows in the first place? It's you, bro. It's always been you. It's other things too, but it's mostly you, right? Don't be afraid to fucking break free from those shackles of what you think life is and fucking go out there and see what life can be, right? For me personally, I'm telling you, it's been the most fucking rewarding, one of the most rewarding experiences. I'm not even fucking anywhere near leaving the cave, but I've come so far in my journey that I can tell you now straight up from just an emotional level, bro. The healing, the therapeutic fucking benefits that I've gotten from looking past all those shadows. Men don't cry. Men don't seek therapy. Men don't do fucking what the fuck ever, bro. That's all bullshit. It's all fucking lies, man. You can fucking heal. You can divest. You can divorce yourself from all these fucking played out ideas of what you think reality should be and fucking make our way slowly in this process of becoming to better ideas of what reality can in fact be. And it's not just for the men, right? I speak to the men because obviously I'm a fucking dude, but also for the ladies, man, this shit fucking works. I can just imagine all the fucking trauma that a lady must endure, right? What do you have to lose? You have nothing to lose. You have the whole world to gain. And all you got to do is just be open and fucking honest with yourself, right? So yeah, that's my little pontification and my podcast for today. As always, I hope you all enjoyed it. And if you didn't, Man, I hope that one day I will provide with you the fucking podcast that fills your soul with the fucking divine light that it needs, whether it be from my words that are being influenced through the ancestral knowledge of our fucking Nahuatl, right? Uh, Mexica uh, ancestors, or whether it be the words of the philosophy, whatever the fuck it is, right? I hope it helps in any way to influence your life in a fucking positive form, okay? So until then, our next podcast, I hope you all have a great rest of your day, your fucking week, two weeks, three days. I don't fucking know. I keep talking shit about how long it's going to be. I don't fucking know when I'll do another one, right? Until then, peace.